about it. Oops, I just pushed the button. I'm so sorry. Are you ready to go live? I accidentally pushed it. Yes. Well, it's kind of fun to pe- make people uh, understand that we're normal people and not really polished. And we just sort of <laughs> jump right in unexpectedly. I, I just pushed it. But anyway, hey, everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ. And this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, back by popular demand, my guest today is Dan Butner. He has a brand new book coming out. There'll be a link both in the chat and the show notes below so you can get it. It's called The Blue Zone Secrets for Living Longer. And he has a new special, documentary special, coming out on Netflix, August 30th. I can't wait to hear all about it. Please welcome him back. Your kitchen is beautiful, by the way. Thank you very much. I spent a lot of time in this kitchen. Spend most of the time at the between the stove and the sink. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, you're, you're like a machine coming out with one bestseller after another. But this is it, having a, a special on Netflix. That's kind of new for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's brand new. And it's kind of a capstone. It uh, represents... Um, 20 years of work. You know, the, the good news is I've done, I front loaded the research and then a lot of, uh, I have a strong base then to write about diets of longevity and how to set up your home so you mindlessly live longer like I did in the Blue Zones uh, kitchen. And in this book, The Blue Zone Secrets for Living Longer, it turns out, you know, I've written uh, about five stories for National Geographic magazine. And we have about 50,000 photographs. So I'm just going to hold up the book. The book is right here. Uh, This is like a a National Geographic uh, uh, magazine article. I mean, we have the best photography. This can sit on your, uh, that was on the cover of National Geographic, my first. But, um, you know, the photography is splendid and it gives you a manual for living longer. And, you know, AJ, my brand of, of longevity, it, it doesn't come from a test tube. It doesn't come from a Petri dish or, you know, some uh, biohack or anti-aging nostrum. This is, uh, these are real people from around the world who live about a decade longer than us. Um, you know, many cases, about a fifth the rate of breast cancer and cardiovascular disease and even dementia. And um, my job is to, in a scientifically responsible way, distill their lessons. Well, I remember you kind of hinting that something big was coming many times uh, before you were on the show. But Netflix, that's huge. And what was it like filming it? And tell us a little bit about that experience. Well, let me tell you, I discovered it's a lot harder to make TV than it is to watch it. Uh, (laughs) It's um. So we had, I don't know if you ever saw Chef's Table, but we got the director, Clay Jeter, and that whole crew. They know how to make uh, make steens deliciously beautiful. And um, so we were traveling with a team of 20 people, went to all the Blue Zones again, all five Blue Zones. I announced a sixth Blue Zone. Uh, it took five months of shooting over the course of two years, um, often 6 a.m. to Uh, midnight sometimes. And um, the result is really beautiful. Four uh, separate episodes that take people to all the blue zones. We reveal what we discovered. We show you how to put it to work in your life. And then we talk, uh, there's a piece in there about how we go to the blue zones. uh, We recreate blue zones in America here. 
Yeah, you. I'm looking it up on Netflix and it says "Live to 100: Secrets of the Blue Zones." When you went back to the, some of the blue zones you visited, did you see some of the people you met there on previous trips there? Many of them. So the way we tell the story at National Geographic is we do the research, we find the ingredients to longevity, and then we try to find emblematic characters whose life matches up with the lifestyle of the population. So I don't go interview random people and suggest their story is the story of longevity. I find people who eat uh, the dietary pattern and who um, socialize in a pattern similar to the way that the average in the population. In some cases, it's centenarians, 100-year-olds. And there weren't many of those left. There were a few, a couple I met in Costa Rica. Um, but most of them are you know, people who are emblematic of healthy aging. And uh, I love kind of shining a light on these amazing cultures and this amazing way, way to eat. You know, it seems that everyone wants to live longer, but not everyone's willing to do what it takes to live longer. And of all the shows that I've done, I've done about 1,700. The one with the number one view, most views was when I had a 99-year-old, almost 100-year-old physician on, and everybody wanted to know what he did. And he, he didn't live in Loma Linda, although he worked there for many years. He's a Seventh-day Adventist. And it's just, I believe everything you say is true, because all the people that I'm interviewing that are in their 70s, 80s, 90s are thriving. They may not actually live in the Blue Zones, but they live like people in the blue zones. Was it Ellsworth Wareham by chance? Well, no, actually I had him on my, when I had a television show eight years ago, he was 105. This, this gentleman's name is Dr. John Scharfenberg and he'll be a hundred on December 15th. Oh yeah. 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 We met him briefly. Yeah. He's uh, quite amazing. And then I, yeah. I, on, in, on the 28th, I'm going to have a 102 year old physician on the show. So I, I just love that when people, it's not just about living longer, but they're living well, they're not in a nursing home, they're not using canes and walkers and, and even hearing aids. And they're, they're, they're still gardening, they're still, I mean, still driving, you know? Yeah, well, that's just it. You know, the, the thing is, the People think, well, I don't want to make it to 100, but actually the older you are, the healthier you've been. And, you know, for the cohort of people who die in their 60s, um, they're, they're suffering seven or eight years of morbidity, so of disability. And for Blue Zone centenarians, the people who are making it to 100, they're suffering only about a year of mor morbid morbidity. So only a year of suffering or a year of disability. So we all want to live up to 100, believe it or not. You don't think you might, I mean, well, there might be people who have chronic pain or something like that, but most of us, we do want to make it to hundred. Absolutely. You know, some of the things that you hear that increase longevity are not necessarily things I remember reading about in your books or studies, but like things like fasting, for example, do they do anything like that or even intermittent fasting? You know, they do AJ, but they don't think about it like that. So in blue zones, people are eating breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, and dinner like a pauper, or no dinner at all. But in all blue zones, they're taking somewhere between 12 and 16 hours where they're not eating anything. We call that intermittent fasting. In blue zones, they just call it life. And um, the other, uh, in Ikaria, for example, they're Greek Orthodox, and their religious pattern, they, they're fasting about half of all days in a year, cutting out certain foods or not eating at all certain days. Um, and then in all blue zones, they've suffered periods of famine where there just weren't enough calories around. 
And we do believe that has an epigenetic impact on them favoring their health and longevity. Longevity. So to your point, I actually think, you know, if you want to undertake some heroic anti-aging effort, the, about the best thing you can do is go on a fast. Interesting. Have you ever done a fast, Dan? Yeah, I started this year with a five-day water-only fast. I coupled it with a Vipassana meditation. You're not supposed to do it, but I did five days of no eating. And then uh, as part of a 10-day silent 4.30 in the morning till 9.30 at night meditation. Great way to start the year. Wow. that's I've, I've heard of the 10-day Vipassana, but to combine that with a water fast. But I guess, you know, if you're not eating, what else are you going to do, right? You may as well meditate the whole day. <laughs> that's what I figured. Yeah, that is something. Well, I'm going to be going to True North myself for a couple of weeks, and I've never done a water fast, but I think I might just do five days there just to see what it's like. Well, yeah. if I may be so bold, it doesn't look like you have five days of, of calories to burn <laughs> off of that I can make that body of yours. <laughs> well, maybe I can do broth, but there's other reasons that people, people don't just do it. You do end up losing weight, but there's, they have all kinds of reasons there. They say it resets your microbiome and it's, I don't know. Maybe I won't, but I'm still going there for two weeks because that's what I do for vacation. And you go to interesting places like like the Blue Zones. I go to True North. What can I tell you? Do you oh, have a favorite Blue Zone? I mean, just in terms of, I mean, I'm sure they're all incredible. Like if if somebody said, Dan, you got to move to one of them, pick. Yes, Ikaria, uh, Greece. I feel like I have a, a, a second family there. There's a guest house there called Thea's Guest House. It's right in the middle of the Blue Zone. And um, it, it just feels like you've stepped back uh, to a simpler place in time. And um, also the, my second favorite is uh, the Nicoya Peninsula of Costa Rica. And there's a place there called Nosara, which is really interesting, really comfortable for Americans to set up. There's you know nice hotels and spas and yoga and all that. That's not exactly a blue zone, but it's a great jumping off point to see the real blue zone. Wow. In, in uh, Okinawa, that's a blue zone, right? Sort of. Sort of. So not really? Is it because? Well, it was, but but uh, we're delisting it because they've adopted the standard American diet and uh, they're letting freeways displace pedestrians. And they're now the least healthy prefecture in Japan by many metrics. And they were the longest lived people in the world. Wow. You could, I didn't realize you could get demoted or just get that that taken away that's really interesting but when they were a blue zone i don't know if this is accurate but i heard that their their primary source of calories were those okinawan sweet potatoes which are my favorite yes until about 1970 it was about two-thirds of their caloric intake um their you know purple sweet potatoes have the same antioxidant as blueberries uh they, they you, you can store them for months full beta carotene, full of complex carbohydrates, even protein. Uh, it's easy to make them taste delicious. Because at the end of the day, and I think you and I will, um, will viciously agree that the most important ingredient in any longevity diet is taste. Because if people don't like the food, they're not going to eat it. Or the majority of won't. If you can make beans taste delicious, if you can make sweet potatoes taste delicious, if you can make vegetables taste delicious, you don't have to do any convincing. You don't have to talk about uh, humane treatment of animals. You don't have to talk about health. You don't have to talk about the environment. At the end of the day, people, the vast majority of Americans, over 90%, eat what tastes good to them. So if, we, if you can bust the taste issue, 
uh, you've you've uh, you've cracked the code. Absolutely. So, who fed you during the five months that you were filming this Netflix special? Well, in many cases, the subjects did. You know, they often made fantastic meals for us, and we caught some of these feasts and uh, some of the recipes in the Netflix special. But um, we, uh, you know, we we ate at restaurants a lot of times. But a lot of the restaurants in the blue zones are very healthy, especially in Loma Linda. And I, I'm thankful our uh, producer Amanda Recchi was also a vegan. So she she made sure the crew could always find plant-based food. That is amazing. That is amazing. Have you done any television or filming of things before this? Was this your first foray into television? I've probably done 200 network TV, uh, you know, Today Show, Good Morning America, Oprah, that sort of thing. But I've never done a full feature documentary. This is the first one. And uh, I waited until... We could get a high budget, great production values, a rock star team, and we achieved it. So rather than you know do something quick and easy, we did something super high quality that took a while to um, put together and get the financing for. Are you going to have a big party when you watch it on uh, August 30th? Yeah, we're, I'm in Minneapolis right now. We're going to have a party. I'm actually good friends with Andrew Zimmer, who's another celebrity chef. and. Um, he he's he's hosting a party at his uh, at his studio that we'll be doing. We will all be watching. I'm curious what the habits are for people in the blue zones. How much television they watch? Because I would think that that detracts from your longevity if you just because generally when you're watching TV, you're sitting down. Yeah. So not only are you sitting down, if you're watching TV to your favorite, but to if you're eating to your favorite TV show, you tend to eat mindlessly and consume more calories. So. Yeah, to your point, they don't watch as much TV. Uh, they're, you know, it's arriving. The next generation will unfortunately look more and more like America. But the the current, you know, people you're my age and a little bit older than us, the TV just hasn't become a habit for them. They'll watch it once in a while, but they're not sitting around watching TV. They're not on their phones and on their handheld devices and computers. I mean, they use them, they have them, but it hasn't permeated the society like um like it has in the United States. Mm. One of the live viewers, Anne, is asking, what are the chil- What our children feed in the blue zones? Maybe what are children fed? Is that what you mean? Because I hope children aren't feed. <laughs> uh, that kitty feed, mm, sure is good. <laughs> well, unlike, uh, you know, suburban moms these days, kids aren't eating a special diet. They, the, 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 the uh, mother cooks, for the family and everybody eats the same food. So in, um, first of all, children are all breastfed or they're breastfed for a long time. Um, secondly, you know, places like Sardinia, it's always gonna be a minestrone soup, which is a vegetable soup. And then the Koya, it's always gonna be beans and corn tortilla. In Okinawa, it's always gonna be tofu and sweet potatoes and miso. Um, and you know what's interesting is that our taste buds are pretty much set by the time we're one year one year old. Uh, so it's really important what we feed babies because they're going to have a taste for that the rest of your life. And about the worst thing you can do for a newborn baby is give that newborn baby French fries or meat or or candy bars or Coca Cola because that's going to napalm their taste buds and they're going to crave that super high intensity flavor food. 
uh, processed food for the rest of their life. The best thing you can do is um, serve them vegetables, serve them rice, serve them these healthy, uh, bland foods, and they'll be um, more easily satiated for the rest of their lives. Absolutely. You know, there was a TV show, I never saw it, but a long time ago, maybe they still have it called Wife Swap, where like they would take, you know, a, a, a certain wife would switch, they'd like live each other's lives for a while. What about Blue Zone Swap? Like take one from Nicoya, send them to Costa Rica, see what happens. That's an interesting idea. Will there be a language barrier? Oh, I didn't think about but, that. Yeah. But I, I would think they would recognize the pattern. The food would be slightly different, but in all blue zones, it's going to be whole food, plant-based. Uh, they're going to all be eating mostly whole grains, beans, corn, I'm sorry, corn, rice, and wheat, uh, greens of all kinds, tubers, nuts, and then of course, beans are the cornerstone. So they're all going to, rec you know, with the exception of variations in spices, they're going to re recognize the, the, the food stuff. Um, there's going to they're going to recognize a faith-based community a walkable uh, environment uh in all places they're going to have gardens out back uh they're going to have regular festivals people are going to take out care of each other they're going to have a strong sense of purpose and live out that purpose so they're not going to feel like they're fish out of water if you give them a, a translator i think anybody from any one blue zone will be very comfortable in another blue zone you know, you mentioned that purpose, and I think you've talked about an ikigai at times. And with the older people that are 100 and more that I'm interviewing it, that always seems to come up. They may not know it as that, but they always seem to have a purpose to be hanging around for. It's so important. It's worth about eight years of life expectancy over being rudderless in life. And I, I think we, we forget that in our quest for a pharmaceutical uh, cure or, or uh, you know, a supplement that's going to anti-age us. Uh, having a sense of purpose is worth about seven years of extra life expectancy. And, and uh, we should be working to, to identify our values, what we're good at, what we like to do, and an outlet for that. It's about the best thing we can do for our longevity. What is your purpose and when did you discover it? My purpose is going out into the world exploring traditional cultures, distilling their wisdom and bringing back their wisdom. I would say that has permeated my entire professional life from the time I was setting records for biking across continents to solving great ancient mysteries to this Blue Zones work. And um, I, I, I didn't articulate it until recently, but when I sat down and wrote it down, and I thought of my life as a whole, I realized, yeah, that's been my purpose. Uh, and I think, by the way, it's useful to take the time to write it down. And when I say write it down, I have this uh, exercise I advise. You sit down with a blank screen or a piece of paper uh, with four columns. And in one column, you write quick, short phrases that represent your values. Uh, I'm a Christian. I'm a conservative. I'm a liberal. I, um, I, I put family first, whatever it is. Then a second column, what my passions are. I love to cook. I love pickleball. I love taking care of people. And then you, a third column, what I am good at. I'm good at fixing things. I'm good at 
resolving conflict, whatever it is, a list. And then you look at those first three co columns and you look for kind of commonalities and trends. And in the fourth column, you write down an outlet for those. So let's just say your passion is cooking and um, you're, uh, um, and you're good at it and um, you, uh, faith is very important. You're a Christian. Um, that might send you a pretty strong message that you might want to think about volunteering at church and, and cooking in the church basement or cooking for um, some sort of a, um, a, a religious celebration. You know, but living out your purpose and living out your purpose in a way that it has a service element I know from writing both about longevity and happiness, it's a sure fire way to increase both of those. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because again, this is just three people, but I have personally known three people that as soon as they retired, they expired. Like I'm talking weeks and months. And they were, they were the, not the, before that. The second most dangerous year in your life is the year you retire. There's a mortality spike. First most dangerous year is you're born because of infant mortality, if you don't make it, so to speak. But um, there is a curious, you know, it's retirement is lethal. So you're well advised that if you know retirement's coming up to be thinking about your third act, and that might be another job or might be a volunteer uh, opportunity, or it might be, you know, I'm going to move in with my kids and take care of my grandkids. But Having that lined up before you have your final retirement party, very good thing to do if you're interested in preserving yourself into your 80s, 90s, and maybe even hundreds. Yeah. yeah. Dr. Scharfenberg is just, he's working harder now. He didn't mean to, but it's like, because he's lived so long, everybody's inviting him to speak literally all over the world, you know? Yeah, I can imagine. Years. Kind of cool. Here's a question from a live viewer named James. Are there any blue zones that are on the carnivore diet? No. First of all, I don't, well, you know, maybe, you know, indigenous tribes in the far north who live off a of reindeer or something like that, but their life expectancy is maybe 50 or 60. Um, and blue zones, you know, part of the reason they couldn't afford it, I mean, there just wasn't that much meat around, but it never worked its way into their, into their diet. I mean, it's important to understand that People in blue zones love meat and they probably eat a lot more of it, but they just didn't have it. So they've learned how to make plant-based food taste good. And now, yeah, I mean, you'll get these carnivores on, on um, Instagram and, and they will cite these wildly small sample studies or jaded studies. But if, if you go to Harvard, Walter Willett, or you go to um, uh, Yale, uh, a lot of friends we have in common, Neil Barnard, um, uh, Nutrition Action, uh, Center for Science and the Public Interest. Uh, the consensus is that very low levels of meat or no meat at all is the healthiest pattern for eating. And in blue zones, they're eating 90 to 100% whole plant-based food. Uh, meat is a celebratory food. They eat about five times per month, total maybe 20 pounds a year. Meanwhile, in America, we're eating about 200 to 20 to 240 pounds of meat a year. That's just ridiculous. We, we didn't evolve to eat that much animal products and it's 
it, it doubles or triples your chances of type 2 diabetes, of heart disease, uh, cancers of the GI tract, breast cancer, colon cancer, just goes on and on and on. Is there anyone in any of the blue zones you met that just for whatever reason decided to be full vegan? Sure. The, the Seventh-day Adventist is full of vegans. Right. Um, the doctor you're talking about, is he vegan? Absolutely. I mean, I yeah. think like if something, if somebody made him a waffle and there was milk in it, he probably would eat it. But yeah. Like, or maybe yeah. a piece of fish. I mean, they're, they're not fanatic, um, but they're, you know, the Adventists take their diet from the Bible, Genesis chapter one, God for his people provided all uh, plants that grow seeds. So what's that? Grains and nuts and pulses and, and uh, all trees that bear fruit. So that's your citrus or your avocados, your tomato, and then green plants. Uh, in Genesis, God doesn't talk about eating meat nope. uh, or cheese or eggs or slim gems or beef jerky. You know, it's a, it's a plant-based diet and the Adventists take it seriously. Uh, in Okinawa, until about 1990, their diet was about 98% plant-based. Um, you know, they would they would slaughter the family pig at uh, the Lunar New Year, and they'd have a big, you know, they quite literally pig out, uh, uh, but not a lot of meat. Yeah. Susanna, who's watching live, wants to know if there are, uh, have you seen newer generations of kids living in blue zones who actually shun the modern junk food diet and return to their ancestral diet? Yes. And the best place for that is Ikaria. Greece. There's a wonderful movement of younger people who are actually celebrating the, the, um, their ancestors or grandparents and uh, proactively going back to a, a Blue Zones type diet and, and seeing the value of it. And, and not only the diet, the lifestyle, the celebration of family. So a lot of young people go away and they're going to you know, pursue fame and fortune and success in Athens and realize that life was better in simple Ikaria and they come back and, you know, take over the family winery or um, uh, come back and work in the family taverna and, uh, or run the family garden. And there's a lot of wisdom in that way of life. He also wants to know if a blue zone could be reinstated because she's sad to see that Okinawa has lost its privileges. If you will. I don't. I can tell you that the central premise and the tenets of blue zones are all portable. Um, you know, the big insight with all blue zones is if you want to live longer, don't try to change your behavior, change your surroundings. And 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 I offer as evidence, people in blue zones have no better discipline than we have. They have no greater sense of individual responsibility. Uh, they have no better presence of mind. They just live their lives and they get all the physical activity they need. They got all the nutrition they need. They're low stress. They're not suffering by and large from anxiety and depression. They're not committing suicide and they're not proactively pursuing health like we do in the United States. And we're fanatics about it. The American way is you find the right diet, you muster the discipline, you get on the program and you stick to the program or you're a failure. Well, it never works. Blue zones, they're not dieting. They're not doing CrossFits. They're not taking supplements. Uh, their good behavior is a product of their environment. And um, 
Well, in fact, I have a company that um, we've now worked in 72 American cities, including one not too far from you, the beach cities of, of uh, Los Angeles. And in every city, by changing the, the environment, by optimizing their policies for eating better and, and uh, walking more, by certifying restaurants, grocery stores, workplaces, and schools that, that uh, optimize their designs, and their policies to nudge people into moving more and eating better and socializing more. And then with getting a critical mass of individuals to do the same thing, we've seen a 15% drop in BMI in places like Redondo Beach and Manhattan Beach. And uh, that might not sound like a big deal, that, but that means in that, those communities, 1,900 fewer obese people out of a population of 125 than we saw when we began. And that wasn't because we came in and shook our fingers and um, chastised people or incented people or you know gave them a free T-shirt. We changed the policies. There's 220 more miles of bike paths or uh, or or, or uh, uh, walkable streets there. Um, smoking is harder to do there because we were there. You can no longer pull up a a um, uh, a food truck next to a school and sell hot dogs and burgers to kids and lure them away from the relatively healthy school lunch. And again, it, we're we're not we're not trying to convince individuals. We simply make the healthy choice the easy choice, and that's what makes the blue zones run. Yeah, that's the same thing with any, even just when people go on a diet, make the healthy choice the easy choice because right now the unhealthy choice is the easy choice, and often the unavoidable choice. Absolutely. I know, I know, you know, Dr. McDougal, because that's when we first met in, I believe it was 2015 or 16, we both spoke at his advanced study weekend. But he often talks about how when he was a plantation doctor, each generation was less healthy than their parents were. Yes, and it's not because successive generations uh, are lesser people. Um, when we were little kids, AJ, Chef AJ, there were about 20 times more fast food restaurants than there are today. Really? Um, yeah, it's gone up by a factor of almost 25. There were about 1,000 McDonald's in, in 1960s. You know, now there are over 280,000 fast food restaurants. You can't escape them. We're, we're genetically hardwired to crave sugar, fat, salt, and uh, we crave those. And you can overcome those genetic urges nine out of 10 times, but eventually for most people, you know, you're hungry and you have a gnawing uh, appetite to eat something. And all of a sudden there's somebody, you, you know, you drive by a McDonald's and you go, all right, what the hell? And you'd go through the drive-through. Um, it's, if, if, if those weren't, those weren't around to tempt us, we wouldn't eat them. Over 50% of all retail outlets, from the places you get your tires changed to the places you pick up your diabetes medicine forces you to walk through a gauntlet of salty snacks, sugar-sweet beverages, candy bars. We're genetically hardwired to crave those. If you can't escape them, you're eventually going to get caught in a weak moment. And that's why changing the environment is so, we don't need those. We don't need that crap around us. And, um, you know, uh, municipal governments and federal government do have the power to curb the ubiquity and raise the price to better reflect the cost of those foods. And by the way, first of all, 
the inputs, the grains and the sugars, they're, are, they're subsidized by the farm bill. And um, we know that the way we're eating America is killing 670,000 Americans every year. And it's costing our country, uh, I've seen some estimates as high as $1.8 trillion. You know, in my opinion, that healthcare cost ought to be included in the price of the food that's driving the sickness. So instead of paying a dollar for a candy bar, we should be spending about $5 for the candy bar. The other $4 going to treat the 100 million Americans who have diabetes or prediabetes, which comes from eating candy bars and similar types of foods. Mm. Sorry for getting on my... No, no, please get on your soapbox. You know, I remember and I went to uh, junior high in 1970, candy was five cents at the student store. So I could buy 20 candy bars for a dollar. And I did. Yeah. But there weren't nearly, as there weren't as many 7-Elevens and convenience stores. And I'm guessing that the school store was only open certain hours. Exactly. Only during the nutrition break and the lunch break. Absolutely. Boy, seven I, love, I love how they call it the nutrition break. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So which is the sixth blue zone? It's, it is the Singapore. And that shocks a lot of people um, because I know Singapore is routinely maligned for its uh, caning of people who, cause, who are com- convicted of violent crime. And, um, you know, you, you, you can't spit. If you spit or chew gum, you can get a ticket, though it doesn't happen really. But, um, you know, that place in 19... 19- 65 was essentially a fishing village. And uh, Lee Kuan Yew, a Cambridge-educated lawyer, speaks perfect English, came into power, uh, possessing very strong Confucian values of harmony, of order, of respect for elders and authority. And he went building a society around that. And, you know, there's a certain disciplinarian element to it. But he also, where the rest of... Southeast Asia tends to have a lot of corruption. He rooted out corruption and he paid his ministers, uh, you know, private sector salaries. So he was drawing from experts from Harvard and MIT to be minister of health. And they systematically went about creating an environment that favored health. What did they do? Well, knowing that traffic causes stress and pollution, he raised, they will, his government raised the taxes on cars. So cars are prohibitively expensive for 90% of Singaporeans. But with that tax money, um, subsidized a clean, safe, efficient, ubiquitous public transportation system where nobody's more than a few hundred steps away from a subway station. Um, there are sidewalks, beautiful uh, leafy sidewalks uh, awful, many of them covered to protect you from the sun, safe, beautiful. Uh, it's e- much easier to walk, to go out to eat or have a cup of coffee or go to work than it is to get in a car. And lo and behold, there's about half as many people who are obese there than there are in the United States. Um, w- brown rice is healthier than white rice. So they subsidize brown rice so it's cheaper. Um, we know that Coca-Cola is not healthy. In Singapore, their Coca-Cola has 20% less sugar than the same Coca-Cola in Britain. So they've systematically gone through 
uh, so many facets and engineered a place that now, wait for it, has the longest healthy life expectancy in the world. It's called health adjusted life expectancy. So their life expectancy has gone up by about 25 years since the 1960s, since about the time you were in junior high. And it was done not because there's some old culture that is um, manifesting its wisdom and longevity. It's a completely manufactured, multi-cultural um, place. And um, it, it also happens to work very well economically. So we named it the Blue Zone 2.0. And uh, I unpacked that story in, in this new book, The Blue Zone Secrets for Living Longer. Yeah, hold it up again in case people came in late. And oh, there it is right there. So she's coming out right now. And uh, this represents 20 years of work. Uh, three of my other books were New York Times bestsellers. One of them was the number one New York Times bestseller. I think this is the best one yet because it has all, you know, it has the, all of our best photography. Um, from National Geographic, and it, it's the full manual on how to harness this knowledge, put it to work in your life. And by the way, for the average American, it could mean an extra 14 years of life expectancy. That's a lot. Who is that on the cover of the book? Uh, we hired a model, a really oh. good-looking guy. Um, it cost a lot of money to get him. No, it's me, damn it. I know. <laughs> I just, I just thought it was. No, it's very low rent. And by the way, I did not want this. I did not want to be in the cover, but um, my I, publishers at National Geographic wore me down, and they promised that it would sell more books. So I just, I was just teasing you. It's a great picture. Tina would like to know what can a community do to become a Blue Zones? Is there like an application, a process? Yeah, if you go to bluezones.com uh, and click on community, it'll tell you exactly how to go about it. But it usually involves a very committed individual who's well-connected. And then um, uh, it requires that the public sector, the mayor, city council, superintendent of schools, support the project. And then we usually get funding from either a Blue Cross Blue Shield or the hospital system or um, a, a, a foundation, a, a health foundation. Um, in, in, in the city. Uh, but it works. You know, America's slipping down a slippery slope into, you know, chronic disease and obesity. Almost 75% of us are overweight or obese. It's not going to change. Uh, mm -hmm. you don't wait for the food companies and the General Mills and the McDonald's and the Coca-Colas to save us. They're not going to save us. Uh, the pharmaceutical companies, they're not interested in keeping us healthy. They want to Mostly, the vast majority is sell us a drug after we're sick. And, um, you know, doctors are good people, but they're there to help us when we get sick, mostly, and then send us a bill. And hospitals are there for us to rent a bed. And, um, and, and hospitals don't make money if you, st if you stay well and, you know, don't check in. So we have a healthcare system that it's completely in, uh, in sense. Uh, they make money when we get sick. And, um, um, and until we start unleashing programs that help people stay healthy in the first place, we're not going to see a big change. Yeah. So we have two questions on a very hot topic. 
I'll read them both. Diana says, do the people in the blue zones drink any wine occasionally at all? And then Susanna says, do you have any thoughts on alcohol in the blue zones in light, in light of the World Health Organization's recommendations that no amount of alcohol is safe? Well, I can tell you uh, oxygen is uh, corrosive and sunlight is bad for you if you have too much. People in blue zones drink. In the Mediterranean blue zones, uh, in fact, we did a survey. Over 80% of 90-year-olds are drinking every day. Of course, it's a red wine that's grown organically and locally. We see it in Icaria, in um, Costa Rica. They're drinking a, a, a cane liquor and beer. Um, in all blue zones, they drink some, not a lot, You know, usually socially with a meal. And they still make it, at, they're making it to 100 in record levels with sharp minds and, and fit bodies. So my experience would tell me that a little bit of drinking is not exclusive, mutually exclusive with living a long time. Maybe they can live 102, I don't know, instead of 100. But, um, you know, they sure uh, um, enjoy their lives with a little bit of liquor. And I, I just don't, I, I'm just not one here to condone moderate, I mean, to condone all this fear mongering around alcohol. Humans have been drinking for at least 6,000 years. So I'm not sure if, uh, the, the new wave of trendy science is, is gonna be absolute. It'll be interesting when I interview the 102 year old doctor, I'll ask her whether she drinks, but the 100 year old doctor didn't. But then again, many Seventh day Adventists don't drink alcohol. That's just part yeah, of it. Advent, alcohol is against the Adventist religion. So you're not gonna see it. I guarantee you if you, if you interview a Sardinian Icaria or Nicoyan centenarian, they'll 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 have been drinkers. Interesting. So Dan, the blue zones where people live the healthiest, are there an anti-blue zones? Are there five or six places that you could identify in the world or, or in the United States where people actually live the shortest, like maybe the deep south, for example, the stroke? Yeah. Out? Well, I mean, some of the worst places, McKellen, Texas, West Virginia. Um there's areas in Kentucky where the life expectancy is 20 years less than that of Boulder, Colorado. They're not bad people, by the way. They've just let their environment slip. Um, they have to drive everywhere. They live in a forest of fast food restaurants. Um, it's harder to socialize there. Um, it's not bad people. It's just a bad environment. Are you familiar with Herman Ponser and his book, Burn? No. He studied, he, he lived with the Hadza, one of the last hunter-gatherer tribes. And the interesting thing is their diet is pretty healthy, but they don't seem to live a long time. Yeah, so actually I spent a couple of days with the, with the Hadza, well, the Hadza, right? In, Hadza. in Tanzania. In yeah, Tanzania. Uh, there's, there's a Hadza Valley in Pakistan, which is different. Um, well, the problem is throughout Africa, you have high degree of infectious disease. So the, those people uh, are dying, are likely to die from infection or, or cholera or malaria. These infectious disease that the, that the developed world is largely eradicated. You know, so you go to Senegal where life expectancy is 46. Well, they're, they're not dying of heart attacks and type 2 diabetes. They're dying of, you know, diseases of, 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 of poverty. And, and that's just not an issue with us. Um, yeah. 
That's interesting. And Susanna also would like to know, did you ever discover or are there any potential blue zones in rural China where the China study discovered there were most much lower rates of lifestyle diseases? You know, we haven't found it in China. There's a place in China, but I think it's Bamako, that the government was sort of touting as a longevity hotspot. But we then we discovered that it was they were attracting older people to come live there. So, you know, it's kind of a little bit like gerrymandering. I mean, if you if you invite, um, you know, 10,000, 80, 90 and 100 year olds to live in a place, of course, you're going to have a very high percentage of 80, 90 and 100 year olds. Um, so it's not an actual blue zone. Um, so I doubt it. But it could be. OK, because there's also a question about populations that she felt were going to be long lived by, let's see, um, Vicky writes, what happened to the Villacambians, Russians, and Hunzas? Weren't they supposed to be long-lived? Yeah, so she asked a very good question. 1974, um, uh, National Geographic did a cover story on those three cultures asserting longevity. All three of those cultures, it's been, um, they've been debunked. Um, the the uh, writer was going on anecdotal inf uh, information, and when you actually check birth certificates, they either a did not have birth certificates, or in the case of of the Caucasus, they were intentionally lying about their ages when they were young men to elude the draft. One way to get out of being drafted into Stalin's army uh, was to um, change your birth certificate birth date pay a little money, a little bribe to City Hall. And instead of uh, uh, 25, you're 55. So when when these uh, the drafters, the conscriptors come into towns, they don't come knocking on doors. They go to City Hall. They say, give me all the 25-year-olds. And lo and behold, not many 25-year-olds because their birth certificates all say they're 55. And then when Alexander Leaf, the writer of that story, came to um, the Caucasus, uh, 40 years later, 30 years later, hold the birth certificates. All these people are 30 years old. Their birth certificates are saying they're 30 years older than they really are. And um, they're too afraid to admit it because they'll get, they think they're going to get in trouble. So, you know, supposedly there's 100-year-old guys with 40-year-old with, uh, girlfriends. Never happened because the 100-year-old guy was really 70 you know, and, but just, just didn't want to fess up. And uh, Yale did a follow-up study debunking those places. Our blue zones, we spent three years with demographers. We checked birth records. We double-checked them against baptismal certificates. These people are really as old as they say they are. That is so interesting. Nan says she pre-ordered your book, which comes out just right. Thank you. Yeah, right. So guys, there's a link in the show notes in the chat. Click it. Let's get him another New York Times bestseller. Yeah, the book, it's you timed that purposely, right? The book and the special to come out pretty close together. Yes. Makes sense. Makes sense. Let's see. I was looking for some questions in there. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. Um, do people in the Blue Zones in general have pets? They often have dogs, um, but dogs are usually kind of work animals, you know, they're, they help with the sheep or they help keep pests away from the chickens. 
Um, you know, they often live out, usually live outdoors. Um, I think a lot of pet owners here in America would not be uh, appreciative of how, you know, dogs are, um, the role dogs are play. play. You do see some kitties, some cats here and there, uh, but not so many indoor pets, mostly, you know, pets around the house that live symbiotically with humans. Right. So people, some people came in late and they want to know the name of the special and where it is. And maybe you can tell them. It's, I know it starts on Netflix the, uh, August 30th. So it, midnight, it's available one minute after midnight or is there, do we have to wait a certain no, time? No, I think it's, you know, some midday or so. So plan uh, the night of August 30th. It's a four part series. It's called um, Search for 100 uh, Secrets of the Blue Zones. And um, it's on Netflix. and it it tells the story of how we discovered these places, the secrets we learned, and how we put those secrets to work in people's lives. Vicky says, "Have you ever thought about doing tours to the blue zones? That could be a very lucrative side job for you. People sign up for small little excursions with you." Well, thank you for the idea, but the problem is, blue zones often aren't the most easy places to get to. They're not full of like luxury hotels. The, the uh, often there are no hotels and when there are hotels, they're very Spartan. And much of this, the magic of the blue zones happens in people's homes. Uh, a lot of blue zones, there's not even, you know, restaurants or, or not many restaurants anyway. And if you don't know the language, it's a little hard to just show up. And, and um, it's also not scalable. I, 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 I would, I cringe at the idea of bringing a busload of tourists <laughs> You know, and unleash them on some poor centenarian doing their gardening work. You know, it's just it's just not a scalable uh, tourist opportunity, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, you know, got to try. Good idea, though. Yeah. It's a able, good idea. Yeah. Were you able to reconnect with any of the centenarians that you had seen on previous trips? Yes, yeah, some of them. Uh, in Costa Rica, especially, there's a hundred year old cowboy that I've met in the past. I saw him again. He's in good shape and. And um, uh, some uh, people in their late 90s in, in uh, Okinawa. Um, yeah, a few of them. But, you know, the problem with the 100-year-old, even though uh, they represent the very pinnacle of health and longevity, their life expectancy is about 14 months. You know, there's, they, don't, they don't tend to live very long after What's 100. What's that thing in science that says that when an organism knows it's being observed, it acts differently? There's, I can't think of the word. It's, it's not. Yeah, the, it's called the, um, starts with an A, the. Um, it's not the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. I'm no, thinking. no, no, no. It, I'll think of it as we go. Um, it's the hay, the something effect. Hey, the hay, Yeah. I'll see if I can Google it, but I'm curious because after you've been to the to any of the blue zones more than once and they see you hanging around, like, do they kind of wonder what you're doing and do they change their behavior because now you're maybe asking them questions and studying them? Uh, I don't know because I don't do it that way that most journalists do it that way. They show up and they ask a hundred year old what he does and then he reports it. I spend years finding out, usually through academic studies and, and uh, 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 food surveys and so forth, um, what the culture does, what, what people have, for example, if you wanna know what a hundred year old ate to live to be a hundred, you have to know what they were eating when they were 
20 and Where'd he go? That is by doing a meta-analysis of, of um, and um, so I find out what, what people have been eating over time. And then I find a centenary that eats that dietary pattern. And then I interview them and as a vehicle to tell the story. So um, um, they, it doesn't matter how they act around me. I mean, it's, they, you know, there might be, I don't think, and these 80, 90, they don't give a damn about, you know, they, they like to tell their story, but they're, they're not there to impress you. And, and um, so I, it's a reasonable thought, but, you know, I don't, I didn't experience it. I looked it up. It's called the Hawthorne effect. Hawthorne effect. Yeah, that's right. That's what Heisenberg started with an H. I love what you said earlier. The older you are, the healthier you've been. That's really profound. Yes, that's actually Thomas Pearl's observation from the New England Centenarian study. It's uh, 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 Thomas Pearl's work is worthy of, 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 uh, of I mean, note and, um, and yeah. <laughs> we have a question here that I think would be a great uh, last question, which is what is next for Dan and what are your hopes for the future? Well, I love the idea of evangelizing. You know, I found a lifestyle that I know produces longer lived people and I love seeing it put to work. And I've done it in books. I've done it now in Netflix. I've done it with these big city projects called Blue Zone Projects. And now I'm very pleased to report that uh, Whole Foods just today told us that they'll be carrying our four Blue Zones frozen meals, and they're 100% whole food plant-based, formulated for longevity with a maniacal focus on deliciousness. They're cheap. They're not in Whole Foods yet. They will be in a couple months or so. But, um, you know, that's a way of evangelizing a message, making making this Blue Zone diet taste delicious and making it available for for everybody. So that's, you know, that's the next... um, and then I, I just got another book contract to look at the, the places in the world where people have the longest um, disability-free life expectancy. And I'm, I'm starting that work right now. That's really fascinating because to me, that's almost more important than just having longevity by itself. It is. Yeah. And I didn't really realize that until recently. And uh, th- this new set of blue zones, I can't tell you where they are yet but they're not the blue zones I've been to. And a lot of these places really surprise us. And uh, these are places getting a dozen more good years out of life. And these are years without, um, without diabetes or without dementia, without ba- back pain, without uh, mental health issues. And um, these are people with the same you know, average set of genes that we have. And uh, they're getting squeezing another dozen good years. And uh, for a lot of people, that's worth more than money. I love it. Uh, Beth is asking if you're, oh, excuse me, it's not Beth, but uh, Joan is asking, are the frozen meals organic? They're not 100% organic. It's very hard to get 100% organic because, you know, they, they have sometimes 10 ingredients. They're whole food plant-based. And if you have one ingredient, you know, if your basil isn't organic, you can't call it organic. But a lot of the ingredients are organic, um, but but um, they're, they're they're all of the highest quality foods 
that we could possibly find to put in a frozen meal. Are you allowed to tell us the flavors of the four? Um, just a sec. I, I have a, I have one of them here. I'll show you. Um, one of them is a minestrone bowl. And uh, um, so I have, uh, you know, this one was inspired by, um, inspired by uh, Costa Rica. It's a, a burrito bowl. Um, sweet potatoes, beans, we were talking about that. And, uh, and this is an heirloom rice bowl uh, inspired by Blue Zones American Kitchen. There you can see that, that got beautiful pictures, you know, it's all, and you know, they're all about seven bucks. They're not that expensive, but a hundred percent whole food plant-based, you know, there's, there's no weird stuff in it. It's all, it's all real food, no meat, no cheese, no eggs, no harm, you know, no sugar, low sodium, Bounce. but maniacally delicious. I, pledge I, love, to oh, I love that. Is that your tagline? Maniacally delicious? It is. I love it. Yes, but but they didn't. I don't know if they put them on here like I asked them to. Oh, that's that. Yeah. You're very creative. Stephanie says you've said that people in the blue zones do a lot of gardening and grow their own vegetables. Do they also eat sprouts or mushrooms? Mushrooms, yes, and especially in uh, in Okinawa, they eat a lot of, of uh, uh, mushrooms and Seventh Day Adventists eat some mushrooms. Sprouts, you know, I I don't see a lot of. I don't remember seeing sprouts really beans beans are the cornerstone of every longevity diet that is interesting uh, tina says how did the people in the blue zones fare with covid in, in relation to the rest of the world much better they did better than their their uh, uh the, the countries they belong to because remember most people who died in, in, in with covid or many people died with covid they had a core comorbidity and the reason blue zones are blue zones is because they're not suffering from diabetes and heart disease or, 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 or uh, uh, other things that debilitate them and make their immune systems vulnerable to um, uh, the secotane, uh, well, vulnerable to, to, to COVID. The other thing is older people aren't warehoused in retirement homes. So all the deaths we had in retirement homes, you don't see that in blue zones. Because older people stay with their families. Yeah. There's a question. Will the book come out in paperback? Probably, but not right away, I'm guessing, right? Not right away. No, this is too beautiful for paperback. It should be on a, a coffee table book. And um, yeah, I'm sure it will. But, you know, I think it's, you know, we'll spend trillions of dollars in healthcare. You know, I, maybe I'm tooting my own horn, but these are people who've alluded diseases. I think this book captures it better than just about any place else. We have no problem spending money on, on, on uh, supplements and superfoods. And I think the information in this book is probably the best, one of the best things you can do to add good years to your life and avoid getting sick. And it's under 20 bucks. And I think it's a good deal. <laughs> Sounds great. Thank you. So many people are saying in the chat that they're going to pre-order it. Are you allowed to give a title for your next book that studies? I, I'm allowed to, but I don't even know what it is. Okay. But well, the subject, the subject sounds it. amazing because to me, that's like more important than how many years you live to be disease or debility free is. That, the, that's, 
that's the goal. By the way, if your if your listeners uh, have any other questions, at, on Instagram at Dan Butner, I answer all questions personally. So if you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer more questions. And uh, I just love you for doing this, AJ, and, and having me on. And, and uh, it's always a pleasure. And I'll make sure I put your Instagram link in the chats in the show notes, so that if they want to contact you and follow you there, you can. Well, Dan, congratulations! I wish you every success with the book, the show, the book show combination. And believe me, I will be watching the day it comes out. Thank you very much. And we anxiously await your book in 11 months. 11 months. Thank you so much for endorsing. It was a beautiful endorsement. Anytime. You're the best. All right. Sending you a big. All right. Love you. Thank you. Same to you. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow at 11 for the Q&A with Dr. Ron Weiss. The doctor is in. Take care, everyone. Get the book. Whoops. Here we go.